Hello, everyone. God bless you, and welcome today to Terry Mize Ministries podcast. <laughs> we are delighted that you have joined us, and you can always find us, tell your friends and family, over on YouTube at Terry Mize Ministries, and then also anywhere there's a podcast platform, you can get the audio. So we are just delighted to have all of the opportunity and the freedom to be able to preach this to you today, and we believe that what Terry and I are uh, going to share with you today is going to be that word in season that the Bible talks about, or that fresh manna that the children of Israel were able to partake of in the wilderness. God even will feed you in the wilderness. You, you know, <laughs> God will he even provide fresh food anywhere else for you, both spiritually and physically. So he supplies our daily bread. And he also gives us good things to speak, good things to eat, yes. good things to think from the Word of God. Well, Absolutely. I think we need to pick up, darling, where we left off on one of these other uh, earlier podcasts. And we're talking about supernatural worldwide missions. Missions, missions. <laughs> and this is like your number one favorite topic absolutely it's for my this favorite. reason it's god's favorite yeah for this reason and it's not your favorite you we... can qualify yourself <laughs> really i was just thinking about so many different things this morning that really give us the foundational purpose for the whole kingdom of god for the work of god in the earth for the ministry for local churches this is it oh no it is it's the purpose it is. of the church the church exists for missions like a fire exists for burning. No, exactly. I mean, there's just if, if a church isn't doing missions, and I'm not talking about what the church thinks today is missions. I'm talking about Bible missions, real right. missions. <laughs> if the church isn't doing missions, right. then you, it's just really a bless me club. Uh, right. And they really ought to put, uh, you know, write Ichabod or Michelob or something over the door and just lock the doors and go do something else because right. a church has to have purpose. No, it really uh, does. A church without purpose can get in trouble pretty quick. No, that's true, and, and they they lose sight of the of the real joy of what salvation is oh, all yeah. about. Well, and, and a church without purpose is a dangerous place. It is uh, a church without purpose turns into or a pastor without purpose. Even. No, that's true. Sermons without purpose can be a very uh, dangerous. Lack place. of purpose causes um, sermons on clothes. Yes, and makeup <laughs> and jewelry. You know, let's keep the women in line. No, let's, that's let's right. Tell the women how to dress and how to do their hair. Well, that's the truth. How to do their makeup or, or not, or lack the thereof, and how to do their jewelry. The less powerful. and uh, and it causes sermons on holidays and yes. and, and on on the news stories and on yeah. you know. But uh, you majoring know, on the when minors. you when you majoring on minors is right. But when you have focus and when you have purpose, you're going to go to the Bible and see what God said. Oh, that's right. Amen. And everything everything becomes uh, brighter and bigger. And more exciting well, and yeah. lots of variety well, yeah. of the way God wants to evangelize and go to the world and tell them he loves them. And then, you know, congregations without purpose. No. My oh, mind. my. They, they, <laughs> then they tend to sit around in the church and look and see. And critique who, everything. Uh, who picked that color carpet? Yes, right. Uh, nobody asked me if we could buy a new piano. <laughs> uh, why is the pastor's wife so looks like she might have on a new dress? Yeah, and no. so lack of purpose yeah. causes lots of problems. Right, right, but right. when we all come into the church, pastor right. comes in, people come in right. with the purpose locked in, the focus locked exactly. in of we're going to get the gospel to the world. We're going to vindicate the blood of Jesus. Amen. Jesus shed blood. Amen. Now we're going to see to it that blood wasn't wasted. No, that's right. Amen. And that's the most wonderful part to me because it gives always gives fresh life. 
You know, it's just like a little baby being born into a family when there's that new life. Oh, sure. Oh, it just stimulates everyone. Everyone in the family is, oh, look at the baby, and somebody check on the baby, and some, <laughs> look sure, what the baby, sure, sure, the sure. baby needs this. The ba- and everybody's focused on the baby instead of trying to make everybody else have all the creature comforts, sure. you know. And, you know, so many of us call ourselves word people. Right. We, people tell me, Brother Terry, I go to word church. You know, we, we sing word songs. Right. Our pastor's a word pastor. You know, I, our bird's a word bird. Our dog's a word dog. I mean, our family's <laughs> word. And and sometimes I'll just say to him, well, are you are you really a word person? Right. Or are you just a favorite word person? You just have some favorite words in favorite the Bible words. you like. Yeah. But if we're going to be a word person, then we're going to be a world person. Because that's, that's right. what's in the word is the world. The world. That's what that's what this whole thing is about. You know, people have my, my I've got preacher friends and have had forever that and they'll laugh at me and they say, Terry, you just you just kinda oversimplify the Bible. You just kinda make it make it <laughs> <You> simple. <think? laughs> but but you know, I've always believed it is simple. Right. And and in my humble opinion, uh the Bible starts off with God looking for the kids. That's true. It starts That's off where true. he's put them in the garden, and oh, he's lost right. them. He can't find them. Can't find and them. And so he comes to the garden and says, Adam, where are you? Right. Eve, where are you? Kids, where are you? Mm. So it start, the Bible starts off God looking for the kids. Right. And then it ends in Revelation 22 with God calling the kids home. Oh, he's my. found them, and he says, kids, it's supper time. Kids, come and dine. Wow, the master's down. calling, come and dine. It's time to come home now. And so it starts off with God looking for the kids. It starts off, it, right. it ends with God calling the kids. Right. And so all that stuff in the middle, all this wonderful stuff in the middle, all it's about is that God's looking for the kids. Oh, my. He's my, lost my, them, yes. and he's trying to get them back. Trying to find the kids and get them back. You know, God's plan was so simple, Renee. He, he, he built this world for us. Mm-hmm. Then he built us for the world. Right. And he put exactly. us here in this great makes it simple. In this great garden, this great <laughs> playhouse. I mean, the Bible says the, the when it gives you the the description of the garden of Eden and and God takes Adam by the hand and Eve by the hand and he he tiptoes through the tulips with them in the garden. Right. And he starts showing Every them all day. the all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. It even says this. It says and the gold of that land was good. Oh, wow. You say, what? God put gold in the garden? There wasn't any, any place to spend it. He Anywhere just, he just put it there. All. It was just in the garden. Wow. And he just gave them everything. And his intention what was, the intention was, the plan was, the purpose was, mm. that he would come down every day in the cool of the day wow. and take them by the hand and just go through the garden and bask in the Shekinah glory of him right. forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. That was the plan. Wow. Pretty simple plan. Yes. Why couldn't we? The devil wasn't in the plan. Sin (laughs) wasn't in the plan. Sickness wasn't in the plan. Disease wasn't in the plan. Hell wasn't in the plan. Mm -mm. Hell, the Bible says, God created for the devil and his angels. That's right. God never, ever, ever created hell for a man, for a person. That's right. He created hell. He created hell for the devil and for his angels. But when Adam and Eve sinned. Right. What a tragedy. You know. What a tragedy. I've said this for a lot of years and. I still think the same thing. If God doesn't do a work of forgiveness in my heart <laughs> before I get to heaven, I'm going to jack slap Adam just plumb across the crystal sea. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, what were you thinking? What's wrong with you? Yeah. And then I've got one for old father Abraham. And it's like, what were you thinking having sex with the maid? What's wrong with you? 
And because of his little tryst, mm. which was Sarah's idea, what in the world's wrong with her? I know. <laughs> but because of that of little flesh. tryst, Ishmael was born. Right. And Ishmael has a covenant with God just like Isaac does. Right. That's Abraham's son. Mm -hmm. But because of that little roll in the hay, that little mistake, that little tryst, that little affair, whatever, try to put a nice word on it like sinners do, it was still sin. No, that's right. And it still was still against was. the will of God. And because of it, here we are all these thousands of years later, and those two boys are still fighting. Israel and Ishmael are sure. still fighting today. No, it is. And I don't care how many presidents we get in the White House and how many world leaders we yeah. get. Nobody's going to bring peace over there till the Antichrist comes. Well, probably so. You know, it's amazing to me how that, that um, you know, time just keeps ticking on and they just keep on fighting. They just keep on arguing about everything. And yet God is still trying to rescue. And we're all suffering the consequences mm, yeah. of Sarah and Abraham right. and Adam's mistake. Well, but I love them. God bless them. Well, and here's the, the, the remedy for it all is that this gospel, Matthew 24, 14, must be, shall be preached in all the earth. And As no matter who. To all nations. Yeah, to all. And so. Whoever will believe on that, then there can be a, a rescue sure. of not only for that person, but even for nations. God can rescue nations yes, by the preaching of but the gospel. Because of all that, we have missions. We have missions, exactly. And, and it's the devil's most hated subject, and it's God's favorite, favorite subject, subject. Because if I were the devil, I wouldn't want you to do missions either. No, right. Because his exactly. time is short. He's he's on a leash. He's on a on a calendar exactly. that when we get the gospel to the world and God comes to bring us back, Jesus comes, that great white horse rider written on his vesture and on his thigh, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. When he comes back to get us, the devil's, man, he, he, you will ship his saddle home. I mean, he's in trouble. So if, I, so if I were the devil, my big wow. thing would be get the church doing anything else but else missions. Else missions, exactly. And I've exactly. said for so many years that, that, that the church needs to realize that, that good is the enemy of best. Right. You know, the best thing is missions, that the church existence is for missions. The reason she exists is to get the gospel to the world, to save mankind, to rescue right. people from a devil's hell, to vindicate the blood of Jesus. Right. But we get so busy doing good things because the church is full of good people no, that's doing right. good things. And we help the poor and we build orphanages and we build hospitals and we, we just do all this good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Right. But we get so busy doing good stuff that we leave out the best stuff. Right, right. And the best stuff is missions, and yet the church gives missions its least attention. Well, we need to fix that, and you know, that's what we're praying. I don't know if it's correct to say this anymore or not, but I used to always because say that, of that. I used to always say that missions is at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. You know, that, that everything else is up here, and, and the church is doing this and this and this and this, and, and down here at the bottom, right. the last thing is, oh, yeah, and we need to give to missions. And well, so they give leftovers, yeah, leftovers to and, missions, and once a year, <laughs> and once a year. You know, when Jackie and, and I first went to Mexico, I made so many pastors mad because we'd come into some church in America, and uh, they'd say, "Oh, brother Terry, we've been waiting for you to get here, so we're gonna uh, we, we've got an old clothes barrel back here uh, that we've been saving and gathering up and collecting, uh, so you can take it to Mexico." And I'd go back there and look at those clothes, and I'd say, <laughs> "Pastor, well, these clothes stink." 
They haven't been washed. They're 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 holy, and I don't mean right. holy like God, H O L Y. I mean they got holes in them. Right. And they're missing buttons. I'm not taking those to people in foreign countries and saying here the church the in standard. America wants you to not have this. That, that's been the standard and the method leftovers. by which uh, yeah, leftovers. That's the mindset. You know, you know, I know missionaries. Leftovers. I really, honestly, I'm not just saying this. I know missionaries that churches send used tea bags to. I've heard that. Used. I've heard tea that. bags. That you know so what Terry bad. Miles would have done if anybody had ever sent <laughs> me used tea bags? I'd have sent them back to him with an offering to buy them some new ones. I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, leftovers. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if, if the church even knows what the Book of Malachi is all about. I know they know the, that one verse in there that talks about you, you need to pay your tithe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but if you ever wanted to see preachers get in trouble, mm. you'll just read the Book of Malachi. Serious. It's four chapters about nothing except God is upset, mad, bent out of shape, fed up, right. done through with preachers who are giving him second best, who's giving him leftovers. He, he says there in the book of Malachi, those preachers, he says, wow. he, he said, you're giving me blind sheep. My mind. You're sacrificing on the altar crippled sheep. He said, go give those to the governor. Go pay your taxes with that and see if the state will take it. See if the IRS will uh, take it. That won't he work. said, I don't want it. Right. In fact, he, he goes on there in the book of Malachi to say, you know, uh, I'm, I'm so fed up with this that uh, I don't want you praying to me anymore. That'd scare me, Renee. He said, don't be coming down to my altar and weeping bitter tears on my altar and praying, I will not hear your prayers anymore. And then he he made it worse and said, and don't be bringing me any offerings. I will not accept another offering at your hand. That would scare me. Oh, my. If God told me I couldn't tithe and told me I couldn't give, that that would would, man. mm. Well, the church has got to continue to wake up and uh, we're believing God. No, not giving him anything second best and really getting back on our focus. Even that verse there, um, I believe in John, where Jesus said that my house shall be called a house of prayer prayer for all nations. He said it in Mark 11, too. Yeah. And so when you look at the way. And Jesus was really upset when he said it. Yes. He was kicking money tables. He was kicking. He he was making a whip and beating people with it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was a very passionate moment in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the church today needs to go back and read the Bible with the idea in mind that Jesus had one focus Mm -hmm. and one thing he came to the earth for, and that was to die on the cross on behalf of the world and pay our sins ransom in blood. His very own holy, (laughs) uh, that that marvelous, uh, you know, God, man, uh, that he was the perfect sacrifice for everybody, sure. man, woman, boy, girl, doesn't matter well, what nation you're from. That's has always been done. That's it. But we're talking about supernatural missions. Supernatural. We're talking about missions in the 21st century. We're talking <laughs> about missions now. We've got, we've got the way to preach the gospel in the most advantageous methods that have ever been on the planet oh, absolutely. before. Absolutely. But the church is going to have to, uh, she's going to have to get it in gear and, Passion and pick and up fire the slack Go back and go back and revisit some things. Right. You know, I've been in so many churches over the decades, and and the pastor would give me the tour of the church, and so we'd go in some little room, and there's a old beat up upright piano. Then we'd go in another room, there's no beat up upright piano. Then we'd go in another room, there's no beat up upright. And pretty soon I'd say, Pastor, I know it's every room you got. 
there's some old beat up piano in it. Where'd you get so many pianos? Would you, would you, you just buy them like this? And they'd always say, no, you know, Sister Whooping Diddle, she got a new piano at her house, so she gave us her old one. Dr. So-and-so, he, he had got a new piano at his house, gave us the old one. Mm-hmm. And, and Joe Christian, he got a new piano at his house and gave us the old one. <laughs> and I'd always lo- I would love to walk into church where the pastor says, Brother Terry, look at this marvelous grand piano. Not right. even baby grand, but right. grand piano. I went to Europe one time and I bought a I bought a Bosendorfer, Renee. Yeah. I mean, I bought the biggest and the best in the world and brought it and put it back in the church. Mm. Uh, the church ought to have the best. God ought to have the best. God doesn't That's like right. leftovers. He doesn't That's right. want leftovers. And I'd love to walk into a church and pastor say, oh, you know what? Uh, one of my parishioners uh, bought a new piano and gave it to the church. Right. And they kept their old piano at home. <laughs> Let's give God the best. You know, Haggai, the book of Haggai actually makes this statement. God says, God says, you need to consider your ways. He said, you think That's it's right. time for you to go to your nice, new, yeah. lovely homes? He called them sealed. Walled, yeah, sealed, sealed meaning a sealed beam. Right. Do you think it's good for you to go to your sealed beam houses and let my house lie in waste? Mm. He said, you better consider your ways. He said, you wonder why you earn money and don't ever have any? He said, you wonder why you earn money and you put it in bags, but the bags have holes in it. And uh, you wonder why you have money and it's in your hand, but I blow on it (laughs) and it's gone. He said, you better consider your ways because you're taking care of your stuff first. Is that and something? you're leaving my house last. The enemy tries to do so many things just through life and knowing that it will work to distract Christians from really the, the focus of how they should think about it. They, they come up with these erroneous mindsets that just give God second best, third best, fourth best, and they never miss the objective that will fulfill their life more than anything else when they realize that it's the winning of souls and it's bringing people into the kingdom of God and they they miss the supernatural, Terry, Mm -hmm. by being constantly overwhelmed by engaging in the natural realm. And they're distracted. There's hurdles. There's brush fires the enemy creates. Other people want or or don't want you down at the church doing things for the kingdom of God. They don't want you going to Saturday morning soul winning or prayer walking or something like that that'll bring in the harvest. But they'd rather have you out doing all kinds of other things with them than doing something for God that'll win souls. It's like the little little lady over in uh, King's that didn't had never had a child, right? And yet she loved God. Right. And Elijah, excuse me, Elisha used to come through there on his way to somewhere else, mm-hmm. and and along with his servant Gehazi. And and one day uh, Elisha said to his servant Gehazi, "I said, what can we do for this lady? She right. treats us so well, and, and she's story. even built a built a room for us, uh, and, and put a bed and a candlestick and a table and a pitcher right. of water, and takes care of us and cooks for us anytime we come. Well, what could we do for her? And Gehazi said, "Well, she doesn't have a child, yes. and in those days, that was a curse not to have a ba- not right. to have a son." That's right. And uh, so, so I should uh, called her in and said, "This time next year, you're going to have you're going to have a son." And she's oh, don't deceive me. Don't just tell me that and then I'll have me. No, no, I'm telling you this time next year, you're going to have a son. And so she did. And when that son was about 21 years old, he's out working with with his father in the field one day. He grabbed his head and said, my head, my head. And he fell down, passed out, fainted. So they carried him in the house and gave him to his mama. And she's sitting there in the rocking chair and praying. And uh, and he died. 
Wow. And so she just put him in the prophet's room on the prophet's bed, and she called her, her one of the servants to her, and she said, uh, get the horse ready, get the chariot ready, take me to the man of God. Mm-hmm. And she said, don't you spare the horses unless I tell you. Don't you slow down unless I tell you. You, you go. And as she was leaving, she didn't even tell her husband. She didn't no. say, hey, our baby's dead. No, no. She just was focus. leaving. <laughs> and he saw her leave. The husband stood out in the right. field working, and he saw her leave. And he said, hey, where are you going? What's going on? And she said, it is well. Wow. It is well. And he said, where are you going? Impressive she said, I'm woman. going to see the man of God. He said, why are you going to see the man of God? It's not the Sabbath or it's not a holy day or a holiday. And that's what made me think of it when you said uh, the people don't want you down there on Saturday doing this and don't want you at the church doing that. And don't want you see, he said, why would you go down there now? It's not, it's not, it's not the Sabbath. And no, she said, not. it shall be well. It's okay. It's and okay. I mean, she took off and went to that prophet and she grabbed him by the ankles and she brought him back to her house and she shoved him in that room with that dead boy and shut the door and put her rocking chair right in front of the door. And she sat there and thought, he's not getting out of there until my boy's alive. And I, uh, I mean, so. he went in there and raised that young man from the dead because of her uh-huh. and her faith mm-hmm. and the fact that she would go to church and go see the man of God when it wasn't church today. That's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Everything about that story indicates that, that you know, God's just interested in in one. He'll do a miracle for one person sure, sure. who is absolutely focused on seeing God do the miraculous, exactly. which is what missions is all about. Well, missions gives you purpose. Purpose, always the purpose. It gives the pastor purpose. It gives the church people purpose. It right. gives your money purpose. It gives your prayers purpose. Right. It gives a purpose that now you're trying to do what God wants done. Now you're now you're making God happy. Now you're doing God's thing. It, it's really yes. an old business principle. Yes. If you're trying to sell something to somebody, uh, go get involved with what they're involved in. In other right. words, if they're a God and you're trying to sell them something, go play golf with them. You know, well, when you get hooked <laughs> up right. with what God's interested in, right. missions, right. then he gets hooked up with what you're interested in. It's just an automatic well, it partnership. Is. I know in pastoring, um, you know, Dean and I pastored 38 years, and the ha- I think I, I, I can testify that the happiest times in our church history was when we were focused on going out and winning souls every sure, Saturday, sure. going out to the beach, sure. going downtown where the tourists were, going out there to cast the net yeah. and see what the, the market will bear and teaching our people uh, how to win souls and telling them how to do it in the, in the quickest, most succinct way. And that you can actually, I want to say this to pastors today and church leaders, you know, you can actually hold two thoughts in your head at the same time time. You can actually do local outreach um, to help the elderly, to visit hospitals, uh, to take care of, of single moms, Absolutely. you know, to uh, people that just don't have the money to feed their children or coats for kids in the winter. Anything at all that you want to do locally, reach out from your church because different people at different seasons within the congregation will have a heart sure. to want to sure. do those things that maybe have never done any of that before. So you need to have maybe a variety, four or five oh, avenues for and them. Always be soul-minded, looking, yes. looking to win souls, looking to lift people, care about people, share right. people, love people, embrace people. I remember when Jackie and I moved to Corpus to be with you and Dean uh, back in 1986. And, uh, uh, of course, Corpus has a big beach all the way down mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to Mexico. And uh, and I remember that first year when it got close to uh, 
uh, spring break time. Right. I remember all the people in the church were telling me, oh, no, we leave town during spring break, and you don't want to be right. here during spring break, and it's bad during spring break, and kids are here drinking and drugging, and they're running up and down the beach naked, and blah, 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 blah. And, and I remember I went to you and Dean, and I said, why don't we do a beach reach mm. if those kids are going to be there, right. and they're going to be on the beach anyway. Right. <laughs> you know, They're not having to come to church. We'll go to them. And let's have a beach outreach. Let's get soul minded and win souls. Yeah. And we did. We called a friend of ours who was an evangelist, and we we went to the grocery stores, and uh, I think HEB gave us hot dogs for oh, free, yeah. and yeah. and and we, we, we served cokes and donated. hot dogs, and uh, had all kind of donated <laughs> right. food, and set a platform up, and got a band in there playing music that those kids it's wanted to listen good. to. And I mean, we started winning souls, winning souls, and then you guys continued to do it year after year after year, year after, after year. year. I mean, for I mean, I think we counted up at one time uh, after about seven or eight years we had won over 11,000 souls to the Lord besides the, the, the mindset changed from running right. away from spring break right. to run into it and be soul minded well, we, we had people in our church too that had you know that they, they had different bents toward different things sure, the body starts supplying but your main thing is like you were saying you get people out of me my I us mm -hmm. four and no more yep, yep. and you begin to help them practice compassion for a lost and dying world, Absolutely. people that have that have no hope without the gospel. Exactly. Well, as as Terry said, our time is uh, slipping away from us here today, but we are talking to you about end time, twenty first century, supernatural, Holy Ghost, right now, our generation yes. evangelizing the world, not just your community. We start there. Yeah. We can work there. Yeah. You know, you take it as, as slow growth is good growth. You begin to right. do. My father-in-law used to say this. He would say, do something lest you do nothing, yeah, you know, and pastors and leaders can train and lead and their people. areas, outreach of the right, church. Right. But then there's foreign missions. Then there's foreign and missions. we need to do both. We can do both. Across we the can, street, around the world. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's so exciting to me. So we're going to be talking to you more about that because that's really the heartbeat of the Father. That's the heartbeat of what the church in America and around the world should be, and that is to go into all the world. Yes. We do it by our you prayers. Yeah. We start with praying for the world. Buy yourself a globe, you know. Well, we're going to have to go for today, but uh, you can find us at Terry Mize Ministries on YouTube, terrymize.com, and anywhere there is a audio platform to hear podcasts. We're out there for you. We're praying for you. We're going to the world. Join us. God bless you. And remember, you are more than conquerors. Amen. Bye-bye.